And hello to each and every one of you out there. Welcome to the Threes on Fire podcast along with Sidel Boyd. I am Irving Henderson. Uh, John Eli would have been with us today, but unfortunately, uh, I am having what is like the wildest day of my life, you know, between getting up first thing in the morning, going clear across the city to get a pair of cleats for my son because he needed a new pair to getting him to his game, which started late because of referees not showing up. You know, so I finally have been able to, like, sit down for a couple of minutes to take a deep breath and get everything started. So uh, it is on me that John is not on the show, unfortunately, just the timing of it all. But we do have his uh, weekly NFL picks. Uh, We will get into that when we get to our final NFL segment. And we will start things off. Uh, Oh, well, well, hold on. I do want to mention my son Jordan did win today. They won 18 to 6. He was actually on the field and made a big block to spring his running back for a big game and then again for a touchdown. So the Parkside Saints improved to 3-0 on the season. Next week is their homecoming game, so it's going to be another long weekend for yeah. this guy right here. Right. Uh, we start off, yeah, 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 man. He he's actually getting better, which is the one thing that I told him he has to do. Like, yeah, as the Just season goes on, yep, that's it. Just the, the next day be better than the last day, right? Yo, who said that? Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I've heard that. Yeah, I can't remember who I've heard say that. Yeah, we go get that. Yeah, we gotta. Yeah, I got. Yeah, we gotta give that to the right person who came up with that. But uh, as usual, we start today's show with the NCAA top twenty-five: Alabama and Georgia checking in again at one and two. Oregon and Oklahoma flip-flop spots at three and four, and Iowa comes in at number five. Penn State jumped all the way up to number six from number 10. Texas A&M and Cincinnati remain at seven and eight. Clemson was six. They dropped to nine. They're going to drop even further uh, as they were upset 27 to 21 in double overtime by NC State today. And Ohio State dropped from, oh, excuse me, went up. No, 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 they dropped. Excuse me, they dropped from number nine to number 10. Florida and Notre Dame stayed at 11 and 12. Notre Dame will likely move up uh, as they defeated number 18, Wisconsin, today, 43 to 13. Oh, and by the way, Texas A&M will drop. They lost to number 16, Arkansas, today, 20 to 10. Uh, Ole Miss checks in at number 13. Iowa State checked in at number 14, but they were upset by Baylor, 31 to 29, today. BYU at number 15, uh, the aforementioned Arkansas at number 16, Coastal Carolina 17, Wisconsin number 18, again, they lost, so they're probably going to drop, Michigan at 19, Michigan State at number 20, North Carolina 21, Fresno State number 22, Auburn 23, UCLA 24, and Kansas State in at number 25, although right now, Kansas State is trailing their game against Oklahoma State. They are down right now 28-10 to 10 in the second quarter, and Virginia Tech, Arizona, and Miami each dropped out of the top 25. Well, Anthony Joshua was the WBA and WBO and IBF heavyweight champion, but... He lost a unanimous decision earlier today to Alexander Usyk. So Alexander Usyk now uh, holding those three titles, it is expected that he will take on the winner of the Tyson Fury Deontay uh, coming up soon. Um, I don't know what now for Anthony Joshua. I mean, this is the second time He's lost a title fight to a guy he had no business losing to. Yeah, what's going on with him? I don't know. Just I don't know because it's not Fury or Wilder. Yeah, I, I don't know. And and you're you're talking about being able to put yourself 
in a position for a big time money fight with jo- uh, with Wilder or Fury, and you can just throw that out the window now. Uh, he's gonna have to go right back to the drawing board, and I don't know if we'll ever see him in uh, another major fight again. Uh, it remains to be seen, but you never know. Uh, on to the NBA briefly Wait, before, here. Before we do that, I was gonna Go say ahead. I thought uh, I thought Fury held one of the uh, titles. Fury does have one of the titles, but it, it's four of them. Oh, it's four, not three. It's my four bad. titles. Yeah, that's my bad. Uh, that's Fury bad. is the what is that? WBC champion. Okay. Yeah, because that's yeah, WBA, bad. WBO, and IBF. Yeah, so Fury. Fury is the WBC champion. Okay. All right. Well, we spoke on it in our unfiltered last week, and the Ben Simmons saga just continues. Uh, I I don't understand this guy. I really don't. Uh, Apparently, uh, several of his teammates wanted to fly out to him uh, just to – convince him to be on page with everybody for this season, show up for camp, you know, and he basically told him, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and I think that, I think that that's the final nail in the coffin for Ben Simmons here in Philly. And yeah. I want to say this. I honestly don't think unless Ben Simmons is in the Western conference and these two teams, whoever he plays for and the Sixers, meet up in the finals, I don't think he'll ever show his face at the Wells Fargo Center again. I don't. Wow. I think that – I think that think wherever he, he goes – Low manage on the game? Oh, he, no, he's going to. He's going <laughs> to. There's no doubt in my mind he's going to a, because – I was about to say some words. <laughs> You, the treatment he's going to get from these fans is going to be unreal. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? It's going to be unreal. And yeah. whether or not you, you know, you can talk about Ben Simmons the person all you wish. This isn't about Ben Simmons the person. This is about Ben Simmons the basketball player. And again, everybody's going to have fresh in their minds everything that he did in game seven against the Hawks. But now on top of that, just the entire petulant way he's gone about trying to maneuver himself out of Philadelphia. Yeah, that's a good word because he's he's acting like a brat. Spoiled brat. He will not be forgiven for this. You, you, I'm telling you right now, the Philadelphia fan base is not going to forget this. They're not going to. And he shows up in a different uniform. <laughs> he's going to get all of the booze and chants you possibly could imagine. Like, that building is going to be sold out. But he's not coming back. So anybody thinking... Oh, he's going to go to another team. and da, da, da. He will not show his face in Philadelphia again. I'm, I'm telling you this. I will be surprised if he ever plays another game in the city of Philadelphia. Ever. All right, I'll, I'll have one more uh, basketball tidbit uh, at the end of this segment. Uh, but we're going to move on to Major League Baseball. And right now, Braves holding a one-game lead in the National League East on the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies defeated the Pittsburgh Pirates 3 to nothing today, and the Braves are currently losing to the Padres 3-2 in the fourth inning. Oh, by the way, should either the Braves or Phillies finish with a half-game lead, and I know what I just said here, a half-a-game lead by the end of the regular season next Sunday, the Braves will have to play a makeup game against the Colorado Rockies the next day. As it stands right now, the Phillies have played one more game than the Braves, thanks to the missed game that the Braves had with the Rockies. So 
if either team ends the season with just a half a game lead one way or the other, the Braves will have to play their makeup game the next day after the regular season officially ends. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals are running away with the second wild card spot. They are on a 15-game winning streak. They are 33-14 and 14 since August the 6th. They have a five-game lead on the Phillies for that second wild card spot. You can pretty much uh, book it that the Cardinals have it unless they completely fold over the last week of the season, but I don't see it. And one thing about baseball, yeah, you get hot at the right time and you ride that wave, it will translate into the postseason. So I will tell you right now, the Cardinals – are probably the most dangerous team in the National League right now. Yeah. Uh, the San Francisco Giants have a one-game lead on the Dodgers in the National League West. Uh, that means the Dodgers hold the top wild card spot in the National League. Whoever does not win the division between these two will be the top wild card in the National League. Uh, in the American League, all of the divisions are pretty much locked up with the exception of the American League West, but it's a, pretty much a formality. The Astros are five and a half games up on the Seattle Mariners. Uh, the Red Sox and the Yankees are tied for the top wild card spot in the American League, making them both two and a half games ahead of the Mariners and Blue Jays for that wild card spot. It's going to be a very interesting final week of the regular season in Major League Baseball. So, Sadell, I know you're not a big baseball guy. If there was ever a week for you to start watching and paying attention, this is the one. Yeah. All right. <laughs> a quick update. The Braves and Padres are moving to the fifth inning. Score still remains 3-2 Padres. Uh, finally, closing out our opening segment, um, Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> oh, boy, Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> Refusing to get the COVID vaccination. Well, that's fine. However, uh, the arena that the Warriors play in basically have a mandate that all players or any arena personnel must be vaccinated because it's an indoor venue, right? Yeah. Well, he applied for a religious exemption to be able to play in the 41 home games for the Warriors. And the NBA said no and refused to grant him his religious exemption uh, from getting the COVID vaccination. Um, he did tried. he honestly think, <laughs> <laughs> did he honestly think that the league was going to give me like, come on. I mean, I guess if you don't shoot the shot, you never know if you're going to make it. Well, man, look. <laughs> oh, man, that's ironic. But, uh, listen. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, man, listen. I, I, listen. I, I, I want to say I understand people's apprehensions behind it. I, well, I, I, I want to say the same thing, right? Yeah. And, and I was going to mention that Kyrie, well, Kyrie is Kyrie anyway. So I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah, even going to. I'm not even going to try to get into his mind. <laughs> but like, he, the likelihood is that he's going to lose out as well. And yeah. here's a guy who's going to, you know, miss 41 games potentially. Yeah. I mean, he misses games for other reasons anyway. I was going to say in even more games because they got to go to those other arenas too. Right. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, you know, you can you can count uh, Toronto in that in that list, too. Oh, oh for sure. I don't I don't think they're going to let players jump the border, no. you know, if they're not vaccinated. So they can't even come into the country. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. No, we already established that. Uh, <laughs> we established that last week. <laughs> yeah, I think we established that last week talking about it in the uh in in our uh our podcast text. Yeah. 
But yeah, <laughs> listen, I mean, I get it. I don't get it. You're not going to get the exemption, so just let it go. Uh, I, I really, again, I don't understand it. I don't understand the, the hesitancy on it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I mean, the false equivalence that I keep seeing people try to make, like, if you don't want to get it, don't. That's your business. I'm not saying that people have to get vaccinated. I don't want anybody to hear me say that that's what I'm saying. However, what I am saying is, if you make the choice to not be vaccinated, you're going to have to deal with whatever comes along with that. If restaurants don't want unvaccinated people in their restaurants, that's their rules. If sports venues are saying they don't want fans to come in if they're unvaccinated, that, that's their rules. I mean, this isn't like this false equivalence to try to make it seem like this is like segregation from the 1940s and 50s. No, it's not the same. Like, no. People don't make a choice on their, you know, skin color. Right. You make a choice on whether or not you want to get this shot. So it's not the same. So anybody out there that wants to try and connect those dots, stop. Those dots do not connect at all. Reaching hard. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) All right. Well, listen, um, this is a rather... Honestly, this was a rather painful what if for me, honestly. Uh, but it's one that interests the hell out of me in doing when we started talking about doing this what if series. So we're going to talk about that on the other side. And if you've been paying attention, you know what our what if is on. And if not, well, stick around and we'll discuss it. You are listening to the Threes on Fire podcast. All right, we're back with the Threes on Fire podcast. Um, Before we get into this, my high school football playing son was just at my door. Um, So it'd be wrong for me to not mention that on Friday, his school beat Central uh, in a game that really, to be honest with you, was closer than it had any business being. Like, Central is okay, but they're like, you know, not that good. And they started off, got off to a 20 to nothing lead. And then next thing you know, it's going into the fourth quarter and it's 20 to 18. And it's one of those, I know y'all not about to blow this game, right? I know y'all, we're seriously not about to sit up here and lose to Central today, right? (laughs) <laughs> well, they got it together in the fourth quarter, scored two touchdowns. The final score ends up being 36 to 18. But it's one of those situations where if all you looked at was the score, you think it was, you know, a route. It wasn't. It wasn't. It, it was a lot tougher than it had to be. But a win is a win. Mastery improves to three and two. They play boys Latin next Friday night. Should be fun. All right. So let's talk about our what if today. And I said before we got here uh, in the last segment that this one was kind of painful. And this one was kind of painful because 1991, 30 years ago, would be honestly for me the first year I really got into watching the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, obviously, you know, I I was born here, live here, grew up here, the whole nine. So I would say my first memories of watching Eagles games would have been when I was five, right? So that would have been 1984, right? Now, but as far as me being like a a big time hardcore Eagles fan, I would say that 90, 1990 is the year that it started. And it started in 90 because 
uh, I got an opportunity to go to Eagles training camp. And this is back when they practice in Westchester. And I got to spend a day, you know, me and a bunch of other, you know, kids my age. I got to spend a day with almost the entire team. But in particular, we got to hang out with the defense. So I literally had an opportunity to sit and have lunch with Reggie White and Seth Joyner and Jerome Brown and Clyde Simmons and Andre Waters and Eric Allen and, you know, all of those, Mike Golick, all of those guys were around. And this was the year that I really began to follow the Eagles intently, right? Yeah. Well, you get to 1991, and, uh, oh, boy, Randall Cunningham. Well, before we get into what happened, let's talk about Randall Cunningham here. Randall Cunningham uh, was drafted by the Eagles in 1985 out of UNLV. Uh, he began his career as the backup to Ron Jaworski. Uh, when Buddy Ryan became the Eagles head coach in 1986, he used Randall in really funky situations. Like he would put Randall in on like third and long plays and, and, and just try to like run gadget plays to see if Randall could pick up first downs, right? Yeah. But it was a like it was an unmitigated disaster because <laughs> despite the fact that Randall only started five games in 1986, right? Five games he started. Cunningham was sacked 72 times. Damn. That that's 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 horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> like he was a six. A situational quarterback, and <laughs> he only started five times, and he was still sacked seventy-two times. Yeah, so I mean, yes, yeah, <laughs> offensive line, absolute worst man. And I but, thought uh, he be. And I thought David ahead. Carr got sacked a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 you're talking about Randall being a mobile quarterback too, right? Well, Randall became the full-time starter in 1987, and as a starter, he went 7-5 and five in 1987. Uh, season was cut short because of a strike. Well, I don't want to say the season was cut short. Uh, Randall and a lot – well, all of the Eagles regulars did not cross the picket line. So the regular Eagles players only played 12 games. There was one week uh, they were supposed to go to San Francisco. That game got canceled. And then the next three games were played by replacement players. Okay. okay. Well, in 1988, Cunningham led the Eagles to the playoffs. He threw for a career high, 3,808 yards. Uh, he also made the Pro Bowl. But uh, anybody that's an Eagles fan knows that the 1988 season is rather infamous for how it ended because that was the year of the Fall Bowl in Chicago where the Eagles lost uh, their, I think it was the divisional playoff. They lost a divisional playoff game to the Bears. Now, I know that sounds crazy because I'm I'm saying the Eagles lost a divisional playoff game, right? Yeah. Back then, there were only, there wasn't the wild card situation wasn't how it is now, right? So <laughs> there would be just two wild cards, right? Yeah. The division winners. And the Eagles won the uh, NFC East. The division winners were already two division winners were already slotted in to playing in the divisional playoff round. I don't know how they did it, but like, like I don't have the time to really explain how that playoff format worked. 
But you figured after 98 were a team that was going to be on the rise, right? And they kind of did, like, trend upward ever so slightly. But Randall would make the Pro Bowl the next two seasons. He was also the Pro Football Writers MVP in 1990. But despite his individual honors, the Eagles would lose their opening playoff game in both 89 and 90 at home. They lost to the Rams in 89 and Washington in 1990. Now, of course, because of those playoff failures, the Eagles fired Buddy Ryan at the end of the 1990 season, and offensive coordinator Rich Kotite was promoted to head coach before the 1991 season. So, with the Eagles' defense and now people believing that this coaching change was going to, you know, make Randall better, which in a sense, I mean, which in a sense, yeah, Randall had one of his better seasons in 1990. And Buddy Ryan's philosophy with Randall Cunningham was, hey, just make six big plays, we'll win. (laughs) <laughs> he was focused more on the defense. Yeah. Right? So now you bring in a guy who doesn't have to touch that defense and can improve this offense. So the Eagles were among the favorites to, you know, compete for the Super Bowl. And the defense became the first in NFL history to finish first against the run, the pass, and overall, right? Right. Unfortunately, Randall would get hurt in the second quarter of the Eagles' opening game against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, He was hit low in the knee by Packers lineman uh, Bryce Paul, and he suffered an ACL tear. The Eagles would finish 10-6 and that year, uh, despite having to use five different starting quarterbacks, but it wasn't enough for them to qualify for the playoffs. Uh, in fact, it was a loss to Dallas in the next to last game of the season that knocked the Eagles out of playoff contention. And had they made the playoffs, their starting quarterback would have been Jeff Kemp. <laughs> now, Listen, Jeff Kemp (laughs) is my favorite bad quarterback of all time. This dude couldn't play at all. He couldn't play worth a damn, but he had heart. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, he had hella heart. Like, I saw him, like, take some vicious hits. (laughs) Like, and, like, if, if he was playing now, he would have been in the concussion protocol every week. <laughs> but uh, at the time that the Eagles lost to Dallas uh, to knock them out of the playoffs, Randall Cunningham versus Dallas as a starting quarterback was 7-0. and So we're going to play this out. What if Randall Cunningham doesn't tear his ACL in 1991? What happens to the Eagles? And how does this affect the rest of the league, right? Yeah. I'm going to start right here and say this. The first thing that I see happen is the Eagles and Cowboys – flip-flop positions here. And what I mean by that is I think the Cowboys become a playoff contender, right? But I think the Eagles become the dynasty, right? I think the Eagles become the dynasty, right? And I... I'm going to go out on a limb and project out that the Eagles would have been 
to three straight Super Bowls. Oh, wow. I'm going to say the Eagles make the Super Bowl in 91. They make the Super Bowl again in 92. Uh, Reggie White stays, right? Yeah. Reggie White stays because now you're talking about Reggie White being on a two-time defending Super Bowl champion, right? Yeah. I think Reggie White stays. And the Eagles go back to the Super Bowl again in 1993, right? Okay. Now, here's what I also project. But uh... here's what I also, now now here's what I also project. Now, because because now we're in because now we're in this this time warp here, right? Yeah. And 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 it's 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 tough to talk about this aspect of it, but it also comes into play. Jerome Brown now in this scenario doesn't pass away. Okay. Uh, okay. So, so the Eagles are fully that's, intact. Okay, that's a major part of my differences. With what you're saying so far, but continue. Right, right. So now, like, like now, you, you, you know, it only takes it only takes one thing to alter history, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna say that Randall Cunningham not getting hurt, the dominoes fall into play where Jerome Brown also doesn't tragically pass away. Okay. Okay. I'm going to project out that the Eagles lose to the Bills, right, in Super Bowl 26, right? I'm going to ah. project that the Bills still Thanks. at the now, – now, now think about what I just did here because now I've altered the history of the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Right? But the Eagles win the next two. Meaning, the two Super Bowls that Dallas won, the Eagles win. <laughs> the Eagles win right. instead. Now, here's what happens now in this alternate time warp, right? What we have effectively done now is, right, we've reset the clock on what happens to Steve Young. Because yeah. now, now the team in Steve Young's way isn't the Cowboys. It's the Eagles. Right? And I'm going to say that in 1994, the 49ers don't make and win the Super Bowl. Okay. I'm going to say that in 1994, the team that gets to and goes to and wins the Super Bowl are the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Cowboys, I'm going to say it this way, I think the Cowboys would be more in what San Francisco's position was than the other way around. The same friend. So, <laughs> right. yeah. so, so now, instead of it being Instead of it being a thing where it's Dallas and San Francisco, it's Philadelphia and Dallas, right? And I think Aikman has to get over the Eagles' hump in 1994, which he does, right? Okay. You see, I had that different though. Now, here's where it gets here's where it gets a little bit more crazy, right? Here's where it gets a little bit more crazy. Because remember, we are talking about moments that alter history of the league, right? Yeah. 1993, Reggie White goes to Green Bay. And right. Green Bay wins the Super Bowl in 96. Yeah. Brett Favre does not win a Super Bowl now. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what I think happens. I think, again, in this scenario, the 49ers now 
they get pushed back to not winning a championship until 1996. And I say this because I figure Rich Kotite is going to Rich Kotite at some point, right? <laughs> and I think it up at some point. Despite the fact that he is now uh, a three-time Super Bowl appearing coach, right? Yeah. I think that by 96, he's on, he's on the verge of running himself out of Philadelphia, right? And I think it eventually happens by 97, right? Yeah. But now you have to understand what else I've done here in this situation. Because now Ray Rhodes does not become head coach of the Eagles, and he's not followed up by Andy Reid. Andy Reid now at this point is some dude because he had, he doesn't have the resume to say he's a guy that was Brett Favre's quarterback coach when they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, okay. I see what you did there. Right. Right? Yeah, he doesn't have a cachet to become a head coach. But now, do you know who else you've effectively ruined here? While we're while we're rolling this out, you know who else get you know who else gets wrecked, even though they didn't make the Super Bowl. You don't have that 1998 oh, Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. So we may not even know who Randy Moss is at this point. Well, right. I, I don't. I don't yeah, think. Do, they, I, I don't think there's any stopping that. <laughs> no, well, maybe not. But who's throwing him the ball? Because Randall's still an eagle. And I think Randall retires as an eagle. Yeah. At this point, right? I think Randall retires as an eagle. But do you know now now again when you when you stretch that timeline out, the Eagles have no need for Donovan McNabb. <laughs> so maybe. Maybe, so, just maybe, the Cleveland Browns actually do something smart, and in the 1998 or 99 draft, they take Donovan McNabb with the number one pick and not Tim Couch. <laughs> but there's one team in the mix now that we didn't talk about, right? And that one team that we didn't talk about are the Denver Broncos. Now, if you remember, it was the Broncos who won back-to-back uh, -back Super Bowls in 98 and 99. Right. Well, I don't think they win the Super Bowl in 98. But I do think that the uh, – excuse me, I'm wrong – 97 and 98, not 99, 97 and 98. I don't think they win the Super Bowl in, I don't think they win the Super Bowl in 97, but I think they do win the Super Bowl in 98 and send uh, John Elway out as a champion. Okay. Steve Young still gets his ring, but he gets it in 96 and not 94. He gets it in the Brett Favre spot. Brett Favre does not win a Super Bowl now. Wow. In my what-if scenario, I have the Eagles going to the Super Bowl four times and winning three. Because I have the Eagles winning the Super Bowl in 92 and 93, going in 91, Dallas winning the Super Bowl in 94 in San Francisco's spot, the Eagles winning the Super Bowl in 95 in Dallas's spot and San Francisco winning in 96 in, uh, in Green Bay's spot. 97? I'm not, like, I, I'm not sure who wins it in 97. Like, I, but I think that it's, it's some sort of – it's some sort of – teams in the mix being with San Fran, Philly, Dallas, and surprisingly, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, 
surprisingly, Detroit. Hmm. Detroit. So I think I think those four teams would be in the mix uh, for the uh, for the uh, NFC, and I think that in the AFC, I wouldn't be surprised if we were sitting here talking about Dan Marino maybe winning the Super Bowl. In 97. In 97. So I think what you end up getting is you get the Dolphins winning in 97. The uh, hold on a second. We got something going on here. Yeah, that's gone. Three. Oh, Grand Slam home run for Manny Machado uh, here in the, I think it's the bottom of the fifth. And the Padres are now beating the Braves seven to three. So yeah, you you have Marino winning in ninety seven. You have Elway winning in ninety eight. I don't know who the fresh blood is in ninety nine. Actually, maybe New England wins that one instead of instead of uh, Miami. So you Packers. figure Bledsoe? Oh wait, so you well the Packers. So you got to remember, I have San Francisco in 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 uh in ninety six. So are you saying that the, the 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 Patriots and the NFC's run at the top in ninety seven, which is po- is possible? Yeah, because. <laughs> If it's not Denver, it's them because Denver was the other team that beat them out. So if Elway okay. finally gets his ring and retires and he's out of the way, New England was that team actually that was right there. Well, no, I don't – see, here's the thing. I, I have Elway just winning that one in 98 because that 98 Broncos team is undeniable. Like, they were really that good. So – I'm going to I'm going to say that they will still be that good and they win in 98. I don't think they win in 97. Well, so 97. are you going to are you going to take the Patriots from 96 and push them a year back? Yeah. I mean that makes sense. Yeah. All right, so so you have to understand what we've done here now, right? The Bills win their first championship in 1991, right? Because they beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. The Eagles get their first Super Bowl in 92, right? They repeat in 93. Dallas wins in 94. The Eagles win again in 95. San Francisco in 96. We'll say the Patriots in 97. And the Broncos in ninety-eight. That sounds. <laughs> that sounds about right. Okay. All right. Well, listen. Uh, the, problem posted- that, the problem is in mines. See you in in, in your scenario. Uh-huh. You had it. Jerome Brown actually doesn't uh, crash his car. Dies in that fatal accident, whereas for right. me, that mm-hmm. still happens in in the way I kind of thought it through, because it's kind of like a thing that's inevitable. It's not football related. It's just right. It's so I kind of had I had the Eagles winning in '91, mm-hmm. and, and you know he passes before the '92 season starts, and okay. they kind of they kind of fall apart. And I had the Cowboys winning '92. 93, mm-hmm. and then the Eagles bounced it back in 94. So I think we both we both stalled out uh, uh, Steve Young here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then the rest of the way is can can just go like how you said, pretty much. Okay. So All I right, well, Steve listen. Young, oh, uh, uh, yeah. Well, Steve Young and Brett Favre are the casualties. <laughs> right. Well, so in your scenario, you don't have Steve Young winning at all? 
Um, what year was that? That um, before? Because I have I have San Fran winning in '96 in that Green Bay spot. And and, and the first time when they went to the uh, yeah, when they beat uh, when they beat uh, New England, when they beat New England, right? Um, hold on. 96. They beat New England. Mm-hmm. Who won it in 95? Dallas? Dallas won it in 95. Okay. So, actually, I think I have the 49ers winning in 95. And then, okay. then this New England in 96. Okay. So I actually think, well, I actually think the Broncos still get 97 and 98. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, listen, we'll leave it. We'll leave it to, we'll leave it to the fans and I'll, I'll put it up there. I'll have yours and mine our our uh, our projections uh, of who wins the Super Bowl in or what if if Randall Cunningham doesn't tear his ACL in 1991? All right, we're gonna get you guys out of here and close it out with our NFL segment. Uh, we'll have our picks, and one of us went undefeated last week. I wonder who that was. You I... are listening to the Threes on Fire podcast. All right, we're back with the Threes on Fire podcast, set to get you guys out of here for the day. Um, listen, um, it's rivalry week around here. I can't believe me and you are being so nice to each other, considering that we are fantasy football opponents this week. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I think more so we've been kind of just like avoiding each other a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, hey, man, listen, listen. Uh, trash talk. I, I figure come tomorrow, like, all that is going to be out the window. Oh, yeah. But at least for now. Like. <laughs> it's been cordial thus far. I mean, listen, I, man, we, we got to have a measure of professionalism, man. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 it's been fun these last couple of years. I will tell you that much. Um, just all of us being able to, you know, still get together with our fantasy league. Uh, I know this year, again, didn't go how we wanted it, just like last year. But at the very least, like – It's an improvement on this Listen, man, the, tr- the tradition continues, man. It's, it's been great. And I know all of us have kind of, like, spread out and gone on to different things, but – you know, every office is coming, and here comes our fantasy league, the trash talk, you know, and just the, the camaraderie among the fellas. I look forward to it every year. And, you know, I think I think right now, I think right now you're projected to win. You know, and and I, I'm not I'm not too cool with Yahoo, you know, basically telling me I'm going to lose this week, but we'll see what happens tomorrow and Monday night. Um, But before we talk about Sunday and Monday, let's talk about Thursday. And again, Sedell, your Carolina Panthers improved to three and zero after their win over the Houston Texans, 24 to nine. If you recall, I told you that Sam Darnold, was going to prove that he's a solid quarterback. You and did. all he needed to do was get the hell out of that Jets uniform. <laughs> That's it. That's all That's he had it. to do. Oh man. And I was so skeptical, but man, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling a sense of relief, man. Uh <laughs> just um watching them play, watching like I didn't I, I actually didn't get a chance to see the game because mm-hmm. uh, of streaming issues, but <laughs> I got I got to see I got to see a, a good enough recap to to, to, to get a a feel of how he's actually um, uh, commanding the offense. 
And uh, well, I I saw the game in bits and pieces, right? And you even know. when Christian McCaffrey went out, it seemed mm-hmm. like you know they went on a little lull, but he he regathered the troops and, uh, yeah, man, he's looking good out there, man. He's uh, he's solid. He's solid. I'm well, not ready. To, I'm not ready to say spectacular things about him yet, just yet. But uh, I don't think we need spectacular at this moment. I no, think, uh, you don't. You don't. But my my point of contention when we talked about the trade, you know, a few months ago, I told you that I saw a guy in Sam Darnold who had the tools to be a good quarterback. You know, a solid quarterback. He doesn't have to be a superstar. I, I, did, I never saw that in him. I never saw Darnold as being a superstar quarterback. But I did see him as being a solid, quality starting quarterback in the NFL. He was just on a team that wasn't going anywhere. And I, I think, again, you put the right kind of weapons around him and he will show you just how good he can be. And I got to admit, man, I'm happy for this kid. I am. I am happy to see this kid have – at the very least, to start this season, a nice measure of success for two reasons. One, I always thought he was a pretty good quarterback. And two, it sticks the knife in and twists it just a little <laughs> bit more to the Jets. Oh, man. You and the Jets, man. You know it, I'm, man. Every, every week. You know, I'm just actually, I mean, you know, of course I'm biased because that's my t- Happy to see a guy who actually, did have, who actually does have some talent, not be hamstrung. Like, you know, it's, it's a terrible thing to see a guy with a lot of talent be stuck on a team so terrible that he's he catches the, the blame of being a bust when literally, almost literally, as you know, you still got to take some blame. But um, it's not your fault. The management is so pissed poor. It's almost, he was well, going to be in the he was going to be in a Derek, I mean, not Derek, um, Dave. David Carr? A David Carr situation. Mm-hmm. And I was just getting ready to bring that up. Yeah, it, it, it definitely was looking like another David Carr type situation. And, and, and I know people, I know people give Carr a lot of crap, but yeah. I'll tell you this. Matter of fact, even bringing, even bringing Tim Couch into the situation as well. These are two guys who, in essence, went to expansion teams yeah. and were being asked to be the guy with nothing around them. But, but worse, worse so than, you know, worse so than the, the backs and receivers, they had horrible offensive lines in front of them. Yeah. These guys were running for their damn lives back there. <laughs> and, and but Couch again, like I said, really huh? right. <laughs> I said it, Tim. Yeah, Couch really right. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Neither could Carr. Carr kept getting hit, man. But, I mean, at least Carr had a little bit of mobility. It's just uh, yeah, yeah. Damn, that, that just really that really speaks volumes of how bad that line was. That's like. Like, like how we mentioned earlier in the Randall Cunningham segment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the line is so terrible that it's just like, what? run, run away. <laughs> it's like, yo, yo, it's almost like, you know what? The last time I saw offensive line that the Giants had an offensive line that bad. Ooh. With Eric Flowers out there. Like, it was just like. They they couldn't stop a nosebleed with a tissue, man. <laughs> but speaking of uh, speaking of getting hit and getting banged up and quarterbacks and injuries, uh, quick injury notes going uh, the week. Tua Tagovailoa is out for three weeks with a fractured rib. Uh, so the Dolphins, oh boy, gonna go with Jacoby Brissett for the next three weeks. Uh, T.J. Watt will miss Sunday's game against the Bengals with a groin injury. Uh, the Ravens lost four players, including Justin Houston, 
to the COVID-19 list. Uh, the Cowboys lose Keanu Neal to the COVID-19 list, and the Eagles get back Zach Ertz from the COVID-19 list. However, they will be without Jordan Mailata, who injured his knee in practice. Andre Dillard, who has not shown any ability to be a very good offensive lineman, is going to start in his place. And I, for one, am very concerned about that. Uh, one other note, Josh Gordon. Boy, I tell you, talented. Talented as all hell. Can't stop smoking weed at all. Well, he's been reinstated by the league, and he is eligible to play uh, as early as week four next week. But the question is, who's willing to sign him? Is anybody willing to give this guy another chance? Now, I'll be the first to say I do think he deserves a, at least a shot to prove that he can can or can't still play in this league. Yeah. But to be honest with you, I don't see where he fits in on any team right I don't. I don't see where he fits in. He's been out of the league, you know, in and out, in and out of the league the last couple of years. I, I really don't know. Uh, if also, any team is gonna like take that that risk and bring him in, he also sometimes is out of shape. <laughs> True. Yeah, True. that's another that's another piece of that. So what like really what has he been doing? Has he been really trying to work his way into some kind of shape so that he can really perform in a tryout or uh, like he kind of looked uh, what was that New England? He's kind of mm-hmm. looking slow. <laughs> He's kind of looking yeah. slow when he was playing for them for a couple of games. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll we'll see if anybody you know kicks the tires on it. Uh, wish wish him the best. You know, hope he's finally gotten beyond you know this substance abuse issue thing. And, and I said I said weed, <laughs> but it's been more than just weed that's been found in his system. So. I really hope that, you know, he's at a point in his life where, you know, he wants to take things. He's just, yeah, he's, he's, he's finally ready. Seriously. And he's young enough that he could bounce back, but we'll see what happens. Um, also one quick note, uh, you know what, uh, starting next week, uh, let's do a top five power rankings. Oh, nice. You know what I was, I was thinking about that, and I'm glad you brought that up because I had thought about that uh, months ago during the summertime, and then mm-hmm. it totally forgot about it. And now, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Do so, just top five though, not top ten. I mean, when we I know when we do the NBA, we do the top ten. Uh, for the for the sake of the NFL, we'll just keep it at a top five power oh, rankings. We'll five. start that next week. Yeah, make it quick. Yep. All right, let's get into this pick segment. Um, I went one and two last week. Right now, I am in last place at three and three. John went two and one last week. He's four and two. Sadell, you went undefeated last week, just like your Panthers, three and zero. Oh. You yes. are five and one to kick off the season. So, let's take a look at this week's picks, and we'll start with John's. Uh, his lock pick for the week, he has the Ravens over the Lions. So, Dale, who do you have penciled in as your lock pick this week? Oh, <laughs> uh, man, the same game. Uh, I also have the Ravens over the Lions. Okay. All right, well, listen, we talked about it in our, our group chat. I'm going with my old reliable here, and my uh, lock pick is the Broncos over the Jets. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, so my 50-50 this week, uh, I have the Giants over the Falcons. These are two bad teams, both looking for a win. Uh, I, I just – somebody's got to win this game, right? Not Somebody, really. right? Now, I mean – Tie. It could end in a tie. I hope not, but I have I have the Giants over the Falcons. Uh, now this John has the uh, – uh, oh, who's your 50-50 this week? 
Um, you know, I was actually going to pick from that game. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. I, I want to say the Seahawks over the Vikings. But. Okay. Oh, you ain't giving what? no pushback? I thought you might have not. That was a 50-50 game. <laughs> I mean, it's not really a 50-50 game, but, I mean, is that your pick, though? You don't think that's a 50-50 type game? Because the, no. Seahawks, the Seahawks secondary is terrible. And I mean, Vikings- you, you listen, you, you could, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not. I mean, it's, it's, like, we talked about it. Like, I was struggling to find upsets. Like, I was struggling to find a game that could be defined as an upset. And even when we get to John's upset, I wouldn't necessarily consider it an upset. Uh-huh. But at the same time, you know, he picked a team that's not favored to win. Right. Now, so, oh yeah, I was also going to say, well, the line – the last time I seen the the, the odds, the, the Seahawks were negative one over the Vikings. So I'm like, well, that's about as close as you can get at <laughs> one yeah. point. So I got the Seahawks. Oh, man. Are you kidding me? Hold on a second. Hey, update from – update, not you, not you, not you. Update from yeah. San Diego. Uh, Jorge Soler just hit a three-run home run for the Braves, and now all of a sudden – it's a 7-7 tie in the sixth One inning. Point. Boy, come on, Padres. Get you, get it together, man. All right, so your 50-50 pick, you're taking the Seahawks over the Vikings. John's okay. 50-50 pick, he has the Buccaneers over the Rams. Okay. All right, who's your upset for this week? Bears over Browns. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Like, there, there's another <laughs> one, like, I, I can't really, like, it wouldn't really be an upset. It, it, it really, but, all right, when I looked at most of the games i seen were just terrible. <laughs> like, most of them is just going to be some beatdowns, I think. And then there's some games that's kind of 50-50-ish. But yeah. it's, not no, it's not no real kind of uh, viable upset. Like when you Yeah, that's at- what I was – yeah, when you look at some of the joints that you'd be like, could be an upset, it's like, nah, mm-hmm. that's such a that's such a shot in the dark that Yeah, it ain't well, fun. I mean, unless you wanted to take the the Jets as an upset over the Broncos, I don't really see but so many on, upsets. Bro. The Jets. Um John's upset. The there ain't nobody <laughs> picking the Jets. John's <laughs> upset pick this week. I can't believe he's gonna ride with it again. He's taking the Eagles over the Cowboys, which I think is more personal than anything else. Uh, my upset pick this week. Now, I actually went in the opposite direction of you. I took the Vikings to beat the Seahawks this week because it's a home game for the Vikings, but they're going into it as the underdog. Right. And last I saw the line move to two and a half. So I moved to two and a half. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Those are your picks for this week. Um, once again, uh, Another good show. Uh, next week, uh, I guess I guess we'll we'll kick around what we're going to talk about next week. We don't really have anything set in mind just yet. Uh, once again, want to remind you guys: check out Tyrone Brown and the Sports Garage on YouTube. Uh, as as I said, he will be posting. Uh, post-game reactions from the Monday night football game between the Eagles and Cowboys. Should be a very interesting week of football around the NFL. I'm looking forward to it. I finally get a Sunday uh, where I can relax. I watched his, uh, speaking of Tyrone, I watched his uh, Eagles-Cowboys game. Mm -hmm. Like His analysis on the preview uh, is definitely, definitely worth checking out. Yes, absolutely. Check him out. Yeah, check check him out. Uh, I haven't gotten around to watching uh, the preview show that he did. Again, it's been a real hectic weekend for me, and it's going to get even a little bit more hectic tomorrow. I will be at the Phillies-Pirates game. 
Uh, it is the last of my Sunday games for the year. Uh, I did not put down a deposit for possible postseason tickets just yet. Uh, not sure what's going to happen there, but should they? Should the Phillies make the postseason? I definitely want to attend the playoff game, but we'll see what happens and where we are when we get back to you guys next week. Other than that, that is it. We are done. We will see you next week. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Threes on Fire podcast. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.